As she eased her Nova into the lane permitting access to the perimeter highway, Marilyn O'Dowd reflected that the hardest time of year for her was the Christmas season. From late November to well into January, her nerves were invariably as taut as harp strings. The traffic on the expressway, lane-jumping vans and pickups, sleek sports cars, tailgating semis, and all the blurred, indistinguishable others was no help either. Even though she could see her hands on the wheel trembling inside beige leather-tooled gloves, her Nova seemed hardly to be under her control. Instead, it was a piece of machinery given all its impetus and direction by an invisible slot in the concrete beneath it. Her illusion of control was exactly that, an illusion. Now, I don't know anything about Michael Bishop. Neither do I. I I mean, I know a lot about Michael Bishop, but he just seems like a pretty on-the-level guy. He's like 77 years old. I guess he's still working. He got published starting in the 70s. He's written like 15 novels, 150 short stories. He's had 11 collections of his work. People have given him honors. He's spoken at a billion things. He's written introductions for a billion different people. People love him. He seems like a nice enough guy. Michael Bishop, he writes sci-fi and fantasy. Michael Bishop. It doesn't help that there's also a football player named Michael Bishop. That does not help. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) And an actor. Michael Bishop, what a name. Michael Bishop, what a guy. He, I, I guess he's, I, he looks thin. I guess that's, uh, I mean, he seems like a perfectly amazing guy. <laughs> like there's no, it doesn't seem like there's any controversy around him. He's never had any movies based on his work. He's just a consistent writer. Is that good enough? Yeah, it is. You know what? It is. It is good enough. The weirdest thing I found about Michael Bishop. Okay, he was born in Nebraska, but that's not weird. Well, is that a f- that is kind of weird. <laughs> the weirdest thing I found is that there is a whole section on his work, like a complete guide with book covers and everything, like an in-depth guide to his writings on and I don't understand this, but it's the Michael Bishop bibliography on sondheimguide.com of course for, for i and i cannot find the link between michael bishop and stephen sondheim at all but this thing is in depth like it's better than the internet science fiction database as far as like his works if you want a complete guide to michael bishop including his signed edition and how to buy his books his selected writings and a guide to his first editions, Sondheim Guide is your place to go, I guess. Man, I mean, maybe the person who runs it just really likes Michael Bishop. I guess it's, it's just it. It really it's it's weird to me. But within the walls of Tyre, yep. The story we're covering today, uh, first published in Weird Book Thirteen, as as. As evidenced on SondheimGuide.com. Yep. If you want to see the cover, it's right there, 1978. Uh, only 130 editions, copies were published, but you can buy a copy. I guess I guess they're available, like used copies for a lot of money if you want an original pressing of Within the Walls of Tyre. Within the Walls of Tyre, why are we covering this story? Because it's in The, the, uh, the Dark Descent. Yeah. Uh, and what is The Dark Descent? 
the collection of horror stories that we are going through because we don't feel like making technology work. And who are we? We're the hosts of this podcast. <laughs> I'm Will. And I'm Phil. And, and it's, it's Del Toro, Toro time. time. We've You're never to done it in that order first. Yeah. We've never done it in that order. That is, that is nuts. That feels <laughs> weird. I feel like I'm in upside down land. Yeah. It's Del Toro time. It is. And we've been covering, yeah, so we've been covering these stories. We just, we did, what did we do last time? The monkey? Yep. Was the monkey our last story? It feels like weeks ago, but that was just last week, eh? Mm-hmm. The monkey. And uh, so this 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 week's episode is Within the Walls of Tyre, a story I've never read before. Uh, Michael Bishop, an author I have never read before. And uh, and uh, uh, our, 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 our esteemed editor, uh, David G. Hartwell, says that uh, he's one of the most distinguished science fiction writers. But sometimes he ventures into horror. Uh, Within the Walls of Tyre is among his strongest and most effective pieces, with echoes of William Faulkner and Flannery O'Connor, underpinning an ironic Christmas ghost story without a ghost, perhaps. Uh, Southern Gothic tradition underlies this disturbing contemporary cityscape, wherein Marilyn O'Dow, Odu, O'Dow, maintains the illusion of psychological control. Bishop's ability to examine character and his exquisite control of imagery and detail make his small body of work in horror a significant contribution to the field. Willow, what did you think of Within the Walls of Tyre? This was the first, uh, not the first, but this was one of the first actual psychological horror pieces I think we've actually read in this part of the collection. This story was messed up. Yeah. And yeah, it took it its time to get to the messed up part. <laughs> uh, it led me down rabbit holes that involved me going to Medical Gore, the subreddit Medical Gore, to see pictures of a stone baby. Uh, this book was, this story was unsettling. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, uh, did you Did you like it? Yeah, I thought it was good. Uh, I thought that it it took its time. Well, it meandered a bit too much for my taste, but I'm I have ADHD and I didn't hadn't taken my meds when I was reading it, so that might just be me. <laughs> um. Well, it also is one of those things where like he it's a short story, but he floods it with details. Mm-hmm. Like you ever wonder what what it was like to work at a mall in the 1970s? Well, <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh, and it is interesting that this story came out at the death of the department store. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really about the death. A lot of it's about the death of, like, the big department store and the sort of boxing and, and like, subdividing of stores into these newfangled things called, like, mega malls. Yeah. We know a lot about mega malls. We live oh. in a place with the biggest mega mall. Yeah, like one of the few like that are thriving. Mm-hmm. Uh, we live in Minnesota. It, yeah, Mall of America lives right down the street. It is right. Down, it doesn't live right down the street. It's not alive. Mall alive. of America is alive. The Mall of America is it alive? I'm writing my next horror piece about the Mall of America being alive. <laughs> oh my god! What was the book? What was the book that starts at the Mall of America, but they don't ever call out that it's the Mall of America? Oh, the Shadow Thieves. Yeah. Uh, uh, Anne Ursu's The Shadow Thieves begins, uh, the, the doorway to the other world is in the Mall of America. <laughs> uh, but they only refer to it as like the giant mall. Uh, not to be confused with the Berenstain Bears in the giant mall. That's a different podcast. Different podcast. I mean, Shadow Thieves is also a different podcast. <laughs> it would be, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So within the walls of Tyre. So what is Tyre? Tyre is a city in Lebanon, a really old city, one of the oldest. Um, it's referred to as a ruin within a ruin. A ruin um, within a ruin. Why is it? A, what is a ruin within a ruin? Uh, I didn't do super in-depth reading about Tyre, but um, <laughs> I, who has time for that? Not me. Has... I have college classes. Right. And uh, they are not Tyre classes. They are no. tiring classes. Um, although I think we have mentioned Tyre in a couple of my history courses. Oh, uh, oh, oh. A medieval uh, city. Makes sense. Um, but it it houses a lot of uh, refugees. I know that. Um, and I'm fairly certain like a lot of the old structure of the city remains uh, while being expanded upon. Um, it's a ruin within a ruin of a city, basically. A ruined yeah. city within a ruined city. It got mentioned a lot in the Bible. Or a lot. It got mentioned several times in the Bible, uh, but also it uh, was considered like an impregnable city because it's a it's an island mm-hmm. just off the coast of Lebanon. And yeah. I think the original city was like the whole island and then a little bit of the coast. Mm-hmm. And it was really important. I think they exported a lot of lumber to Egypt and places like that back in the yeah. day. But they couldn't produce their own food, so they were relied on importing mm-hmm. but they had these like four and a half meter walls around the main city and they were like nobody can get in if they want to but alexander the great was like i'm gonna get in there and he did yeah he laid siege to the city for months like they like he was like building a whole bridge across like mm-hmm. it, it was so hard to get to the ocean is so deep at that point and like the way it's the way the ocean go like you can't it's hard to sail because the waves are so choppy. Like, but Alexander Great was like, "I'm gonna build a bridge," and then, and then the tire. Well, first the tire people were like, "We have specially trained divers," and they dove like under the bridge and like sabotaged it. <laughs> and then Alexander the Great was like, "Well, I am Alexander the Great," so he called all of his friends. To, like the the boats came to help him out, and he eventually like got it. But I think the idea is that if you're protected by the walls of Tyre, <laughs> nothing can get in, but also you're. Like trapped within the walls of Tyre. Like, you can't... Yeah. You, you're trapped in there as well. Like, the walls that are so thick. was a theme of medieval cities and being laid siege to. Uh, like, a lot was of... Was it? <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, like, uh, there's so many stories about these fortresses that stood for a couple of years during wars or were considered to be impossible to get through. But when somebody did manage to get to the point where they might have gotten through, you were just stuck waiting to die. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, you're trapped mm-hmm. in yeah. your own fortification. And hmm, is there a metaphor perhaps about Mayhaps. having big, built, enormous, impregnable walls around yourself uh, that keep out the world, but also trap everything inside those walls? I also, don't know. Is what there? Ha- the the title of this book, the story, is so cool because it it's an obvious metaphor, but it's also a very subtle metaphor for other things in this story. Really quickly, what is this story about? Because well, you not want to know lot... something else about the name Tyre, real quick. What? Uh, in um, in Semitic languages, the city means rock. Rock baby, perhaps. Is it? <laughs> um, uh, do you know what else about Tyre? What? Why? Why did the bicycle not want to go? Want to be in the race? Because it was too tired. 
I just got told a different version of that joke during my D&D game yesterday, last, <laughs> last, last Sunday. Why doesn't the bike stand up on its own? Because oh, it's too tired. too tired. I think that's the actual joke. It I think is, that's the actual the... joke. Because too tired has nothing to do with the... There are literally bicycle races. I think yeah. it totally... What's the Within the Walls of Tyre about? Give us a Within rundown. the Walls of Tyre is about a uh, 50-something-year-old woman mm-hmm. who is a manager at a uh, store. Um, In the mall. She, yeah. She's, she's very alone. Um, but she seems like a lovely woman uh, and a decent manager. Um, she gets visited by a salesman. She doesn't. She the salesman looks like somebody she knew from the past. Uh, they get closer. She goes on a, on a, on a quote date with him. Um, he's like twenty years younger than her. Uh, yeah. Uh, he comes to her house. He finds a he finds a bassinet in her house and she's like yeah that's sort of my baby is and it's a petrified baby um he ends up being i'm just gonna go through the entire plot yeah okay. yeah yeah yeah. it's a he really quick up, story yeah he ends up being the um the son of her former lover um or that's what he says he is and she freaks out he freaks out she I think he either leaves or she kicks him out. I read the story last night. Um, she kicks him out, yeah. Yeah. And then she comes back to work after a few weeks, and there's stone babies for sale at the mall. <laughs> I do love that you said it's a, it's her petrified baby, and then you just kept going on because the fact that she has a stone baby uh-huh. in a crib in her house is just one of the weird things in this story. Yeah. A story that has... No supernatural elements. No, it's it is it is a gothic story with no uh, with no supernatural elements. It is truly southern gothic. Uh-huh. Uh, in the least obvious way, there are no swamps. There no. are no people sitting on porches saying "Ah, declare." There's no "Asti." It's southern gothic in the sense that this is. It's about like the horrors of family and. Uh-huh being haunted by the past and like a creepy stone baby so stone baby has an actual medical term and it's an actual thing yeah uh it's a if uh, typically if a woman has an ectopic pregnancy uh the baby will you know can't survive outside of the fallopian tubes and outside of the womb but sometimes super rare sometimes this happens baby the fetus basically grows inside the woman and then dies and the Mm -hmm. body is like if this baby just sticks around, the woman's going to die because so, the baby will spoil or the fetus will rot. And so what it does is it pulls uh, salt out of, the, out of the mother's body and surrounds the baby in a salty crust that then solidifies into, into stone. And then the baby, eva- like, not evaporates, like dries inside and keeps it from, it keeps it mm-hmm. from decomposing. Uh, but then the woman has this baby inside her. Sometimes for years, yeah. uh, sometimes for decades, uh, without knowing it until something happens or they uh, in a scan, a doctor's like, you know, you have a, there's a weird thing inside you. They pull it out and it looks like a baby, except it's made of stone. It's creepy as hell. And I accidentally saw it and I wish I hadn't. <laughs> it's also very sad for, for the woman if she wanted to have the baby. Right. So that's what happened to this woman. She got pregnant with this guy who was her lover. 
he goes off supposedly to war. Oh, because mm-hmm. it's like the it's World War Two when that yeah. happens. But then a few years later, a while later, <laughs> she has this stone baby removed from her. She realizes what it is because she hasn't been with a guy since then. Yeah. He but dies she, supposedly in the war, by the way. Right. And so she has this crib all set up. And so she just puts the baby in the crib and you know, she, that's her baby. Mm-hmm. But she is, as you said, she is a she is a functioning adult. Like she is yeah. a, a woman in entering middle age and she's competent. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Bless you. <coughs> Bless you. I was I was so afraid of the story that my terror came out in two giant sneezes. <laughs> How effective, Michael Bishop. Uh, I'm looking at the sneezes on my audacity <laughs> right now. I can see them. And I know where they are. I'm going to leave them in. I'm going to leave those sneezes in. All right. Uh, but the guy, though, this guy that she meets, what's his name? It's something she has. Nicholas. A... Sparks. Nicholas uh, A. Anson. Yeah, Nicholas An- Anson. Is it Anson? I don't know. I don't have my book in front of me. That's right. You're not allowed to have your book in front of you because you make a noise. I, with- yes, it's I mean, Anson. Very good. Yay, uh, I remembered. <laughs> and what's wild is they get along. Like, mm-hmm. he's not creepy. He's not off-putting. He's just younger than her. And he has. he tries to sell her tchotchkes uh, because he's a sales... She, they run a boutique. It's like a like a... Just like a an odds and ends boutique, it seems mm-hmm. like they sell just. It's not a Spencer's gifts, but it's kind of like that. Yeah. And they and they make a point that like there's like several of these exact places in the mall, just different mm-hmm. companies. Uh, we had these. Okay, so this won't mean anything to you. Yeah. But I grew up in the eighties, mm-hmm. obviously, uh, late seventies, eighties, and we had stores in the mall. We had this store in the mall called Of All Things, and it was, I loved Of All Things, because it was just a everything store, Mm -hmm. and it was small and kind of closed in. I mean, and it was small for, like, a small child, so you can imagine just how, like, kind of claustrophobic this store was. Of All Things. And you could buy, you could buy little monster finger puppets, you could buy crazy pencils, you could buy funny sunglasses, but not. But it wasn't Spencer's gifts. It wasn't that like all. It was a lot of dr- like drawers of just like handfuls of things, like kind of the cool section of Party City, but also like blacklight posters and but it, it just stuff. It was just stuff like that, like Electric Fetus. Yeah, but like that part of Electric Fetus, but just that's the store, yeah. and it's kind of all around you, and it feels a little subversive and a little like it, that was. So these stores were kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he tries to sell her fake uh, stockings. Yeah, what does he call them? Uh, uh, oh, I like, can't remember. It's not something I was focusing on in the story. It's a fad product, he calls it. Uh, liquid liquid shears. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was going to be like scissors. That, like so, liquid so, scissors. So did I. But then I was like, oh, wait, it's a- S-H-E-E-R-S, uh-huh. not S-H-E. I was, I'm going to po- uh, admit, I, I fed my uh, uh, the my my ebook of this into a reader so I could listen to it while I was doing stuff. Uh-huh. And so he kept saying liquid shears. And I was like, shear. Like, I didn't see the words until after I looked back at it. So, yeah. They're yeah. basically uh, uh, fake stockings that you can just paint on your legs. Um, which is kind of cool. 
but I it's mean, also a ripoff. Yeah, because it's a ripoff from a World War II product. Right. Because um, he he talks about cashing in on the like uh, the novelty of the era, like the oh everyone remembers World War II, and if they don't, they have like stories about World War II that they want to like make themselves appear cultured or cool or whatever. Yeah, he's the ideas man for the novelty company. Uh, and she's like, this is just a ripoff of actual what women had to do during the nylon shortage. He's like, yeah. And it's a fad and it's going to go away in a year. But I'm just trying to, you know, we'll jump on the fad and then it'll be done. But here's my product. And she's kind of put off by that. She's like, I li-, she didn't say this, but she's like, I lived through World War II. It sucked. This isn't like a fun thing to recreate, mm-hmm. but he's like, you know, it's, it's a fad. Also, she had this lover who disappeared because of World War II. Who he looks like. Right. But yeah. that, like, and she's like, like, I guess as a reader, I was like, is he like the guy? Is he like a ghost? Is that he was, like I think, re- the entire intention. <laughs> right. Because you're expecting there's something going on. Also, at this point, the story isn't scary at all. No. Well, except for the fact that she works in a mall. <laughs> but it's not a haunted mall that's even worse uh regular used, malls yeah. are scary she used to work at a big department store not even like the department store like a modern department store but like with like pneumatic tubes like a like a marks and spencer like that kind of place from like like a are you being served department store with like mm-hmm. multiple levels and like take the elevator up to men's and take the elevator up to toys so like like a paddington bear department store very good. Uh, or a corduroy department store. Oh, yeah. Or a corduroy and his button. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly like that. Um, so it's kind of about the death of that and this newfangled mall culture that we're entering. and how. But again, she's cool and she's like, all right, that's the way the world works. Like, things mm-hmm. move on. Yeah, uh, she's looking to, to move, uh, maybe, because she wants to be closer to work. Yeah. Um, but she likes her place, so she's like, I'll just take the extra 15 minutes. Not something that most people are willing to do because driving sucks. Driving does suck. Uh, but her employees like her, too. Uh-huh. Yeah, she's just a nice woman in her 50s. And I like that. I like that he wrote this story about just pretty mundane people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't... They're not... They're not. There's nothing weird going on in their lives except for the fact that they have stone baby. <laughs> there is one weird thing going on in her life. And yeah, that's but it's, it's, that, it's that thing where it's like, I mean... Everyone has something about them, and, I mean, she lived through a pretty traumatizing time in the nation's history, and went through something pretty traumatizing uh, herself. Um, right. And so, yeah, it's 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 a facet of, of her life that she doesn't, like, she, it's just part of her life. Mm-hmm. Um, she's kind of put all of this history into the 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 stone fetus and she doesn't want to let it go right and there's and she's not harming anyone mm-hmm. uh it's it's odd but it's not gross and really yeah. like it's not like she has like a dead baby in her house it's it's something that came out of her body and mm-hmm. is you know something she's held on to now she is within the walls of tyre Yes. She has built quite the fortification around her. I think it's interesting, too, that, like, also it relates to the mall itself. Mm-hmm. Like, the mall is a fortress of consumerism, which is yeah. also what this story is about. It's about fads and selling and turning history 
American history or personal history into into something to to market and sell uh, for the amusement of people who have no emotional investment in it. Yeah. And the mall is surrounded by the walls and everything happens within these walls. And I don't know. It's it's a it's a it's multi-layered. Michael Bishop's a smart guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah, just man, you like you like Nicholas at first? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's like just a guy. And then the reveal happens and you're like, "Okay, well, I mean, that's a pretty emotionally raw moment." And then the ending happens and you're like, "F this guy." So this guy can go to hell. She sleeps with him. Uh-huh. Is something you didn't mention. She invites him to the house. They have a date. There is the weird thing where he insists on driving. Like, there's a whole thing about driving culture where he uh-huh. insists on driving. They have they take her car back to her house, and he wants to go. Like, it's she ends up inviting him in, and I was like, that's a little like abrupt. But she's also incredibly lonely. Uh, well also it's it's that thing where like he's getting agitated about the like argument that they're in and she seems to be the type to just want to like not have the conflict so she's like just get in just come into the house and i also don't know how much of it is like this is this is accepted 70s dating culture like this is yeah i don't know how like we've we've experienced this in other stories where i'm like is this supposed to be off-putting or is this just the or way things were just the way things were in the 1970s uh or Either 60s way, or 50s. yeah it's off-putting it's off-putting uh and yes yeah, so she sleeps with him when she wakes up he's gone but he's just in the nursery he's gone into the nursery and found the stone baby and that's when she tells the story about what it is uh-huh. And then he reveals that he is. So what happened was he's the son of this guy she was in love with by another woman. His actual his mother was this guy's actual wife. Marilyn, our protagonist, did not know that this guy was married. And when he disappeared, it was because he did go off to war. But he was actually like he disappeared because he went back to his actual family This guy, Nicholas, has resented Marilyn his whole life. He, like, blames her for his dad disappearing and all the strife in the family, even though she is totally innocent. Yeah. um, And there's there's a moment where she says, I had no idea you existed, like you and your family mom existed. And he seems to to understand that because it seems like he thought she did know. um, But then that gets totally thrown out the window later. Right, because she kicks him out of the house. Mm-hmm. She takes time off for herself. Yeah. And what little I could find written about this story, there's not many essays on this story. There's a couple of people who've blogged about it mm-hmm. uh, because it appears in quite a few collections. But one thing people point out is they're like, she's let someone into her private life. They immediately betray her. Yeah. She kicks them out, and then she's like, that's okay. I can put all these walls back up. <laughs> Go about my life. Everything's fine. She's never taken time off. Is is one of the one of the yeah. things she even works through like lunch and stuff. Right, right. When she goes out to lunch with him, it's a huge deal. <laughs> uh, to McDonald's, by the yeah. way. Uh, he buys them. Ha- it takes him like thirty minutes to get the hamburgers. I was like, oh yeah, there was a time when McDonald's was not the slick, efficient machine it is now. I do remember going to McDonald's in the eighties. When I was a little kid and like you had to wait sometimes like 20 minutes to get your food. Yeah. (laughs) And that was considered fast. So 
yeah, she sleeps with him. She kicks him out. She returns to work and she gets a note from him that's like, hey, you should take a walk later on today. And she's like, well, that's weird. Uh, so she goes to walk around the mall, and that's what you said. These exact replicas of her stone baby are now the hot Christmas item in stores just like hers. Like there, yeah. she she passes by all these other like little tchotchke shops, and in the windows are the hot, the tickle me Elmo of 1978. It's just a disturbing stone piece. Like, I, I I get the point, but I'm also just like, who's buying this? Like, is it the pet I mean, rock of the year? I mean, people people like buying disturbing things. Like, it's... it's People buy, like... People buy crucifixes. <laughs> the stone baby. The crucifix of 1978. It's the stone baby. Yeah, so he's he's marketed her stone baby... As a as a as a tchotchke fad, she flips out. She smashes the glass of one of the of one of the stores with her bare hands, mm-hmm. all cut up, bare hands. Uh, and and so you know, which I, understandable. Yeah, I would say like I can't I can't blame her for flipping out. Um, it says uh, and then she screams she screams God damn you God damn you. Uh, and it says in front of Danvers, only three or four stores away now, Nicholas Anson was stroking the head of the live reindeer. Uh, there's a live reindeer in the, in the mall. Yep. Uh, you know, for, as there, as there is. As there is. It's, it's Christmas time. Uh, when he saw Marilyn, he gave her a friendly boyish smile. Uh, this story should have ended with him getting trampled by that reindeer. <laughs> Would have been quite the twist. Uh, and that's all, all this with the stone with the stone baby stone children for Christmas from latter day novelties. This is all like the last like three paragraphs. <laughs> tiny figures, tiny feet, tiny eyeless faces. She looked down the collapsing mall and saw still another window displaying replicas of her and Jordan's baby. And in the windows that they weren't displayed, they were endlessly reflected. Um, it's horrifying. Yeah, I was genuinely shocked. I was so upset. I was like, are you kidding? Like, what? What? And the fact that this hasn't been made into a into an episode of Tales from the Dark Side or the Twilight Zone or... Uh, the fact that this story has never been adapted is mind-boggling to me because it's one of the few that you could just do. Like, it's <laughs> very filmable. And it's basically two characters and an upsetting prop. Yep. And what a psychological nightmare. Like, it's this is the Medusa in the shield he was talking about. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Quintessential story for this section of the book. Mm hmm. What a, what a, what a mind screw this whole thing was. Yeah. Um, I mean, it like, it really is just psychological horror. Mm hmm. Also,. I don't like the fact that Nicholas has the same name as Santa Claus around the time of Christmas. Oh, is he the saint of the story? Is he the is he the Santa the Santa uh figure? I mean, it can't be a coincidence. <laughs> Nicholas. I'm trying to think of what his last name can mean, but it means nothing. Um No, but Anson. um just like it, that can't be a coincidence. You don't do that on accident when you're writing a story about Christmas. 
Is that why he's stroking the head of the Is he Santa Claus? <laughs> is he like, I know what you wanted for Like, is that his? That the thing he's, he's stroking? He's evil Santa Claus. He, maybe he's just Santa Claus. Maybe he's just like. He's the ghost of Christmas past. That's why he looks like her dead lover. Maybe he's Santa Claus and you're just like, oh, that's why I didn't get what I wanted for Christmas when I was a kid. Because Santa Claus doesn't understand <laughs> how to make people happy at all. Yeah. He's the worst Santa. <laughs> interesting ho 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 indeed we should have read this at christmas time yeah definitely christmas cheer uh i really enjoyed this story yeah me uh, too. i mean i didn't enjoy what happened to our poor protagonist but i hope th- i hope that this story continued on with her explaining what happened to her bosses and then the bosses arresting getting jordan arrested or not jordan getting uh nicholas arrested for being I a hope- creepazoid I hope it ended with her just smashing out all the windows of all the stores in the mall and no one stopping her because they're like, yeah, it's pretty messed up. Yeah. Like, they don't even know that it's based on her baby, but they're like, now that you mention it, that's pretty gross. I, I like to think that it ended with none of them getting sold and Nicholas's uh, uh, company going under. I want to see Christmas morning when people open their gifts and are like, oh, oh, is this like supposed to be like, is this supposed to be funny? I don't get... Is this a joke? And what like, is wrong with you? <laughs> a lot of really bad Christmases. Yeah. Uh, maybe cover them in chia seeds. That seems worse. <laughs> chia, chia so maybe If you're a listener and you've ever had a stone baby, A, I'm very sorry. That it sounds very upsetting and distressing. But B, let us know. Don't. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't write this at deltorotime at gmail.com. No, it's very unsettling. I it is, feel and... nothing but sad for But- this would make a great Cabin of Curiosities episode. <laughs> it would. I mean, I think part of part of why it probably hasn't been adapted is all of the social politics around fetuses and stuff like that. Um, it might be a bit of a controversial little short film to make, um, but I think it would be worth it. I think you could do. I a- think. I think it's a lot of conversation that could be sparked around it. Regardless, I also think that it's just pretty upsetting (laughs) it's genuinely upsetting it's got a great ending uh you could expand it a little bit like it doesn't have to just end with her smashing her hands you can do stuff with it as long as you keep it not supernatural yeah uh it's it's to me it's a solid solid adapt hey guillermo del toro i know you're listening i know that you listen to every episode of this (laughs) show so uh just put this one in your pocket uh within the walls of tire and hey maybe include a thing where you have a character bring up Tyre just so we kind of like maybe the viewers at home don't have to do so much homework that Michael Bishop made them do. Can you imagine reading this in the 1970s before the internet and being like, well, I guess I'm going to the library. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got to figure out what this means because I was I was at a loss. Um, but thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up. Enthusiastic. Yeah, I would I would recommend people picking this one up uh and giving it a read because if you don't have a copy of the book already even though we gave away the ending uh it's worth it it's it's genuinely genuinely unsettling without bishop really really building much of a sense of scary until he needs to it's also a good commentary on women's health care yeah Yes. She was diagnosed with the flu when she had an atopic, or ectopic pregnancy, and it yeah. nearly killed her. Yes. Uh, it nearly killed her. Uh, turns out the 1950s 
healthcare was maybe worse than it was now. 1940s, so, I think, because she was oh, 20 yeah, when it, she... It would have been the 40s, yeah. Yeah. Dang. Uh, may we never go back. Looks at watch. <laughs> Looks yeah. at watch. <laughs> yeah. May we never go back to the women's health of the 1940... Oh, sorry. Wait, I'm too late. I'm too yeah. late. Too late. Sorry, everyone. Too late. Uh, this country, I tell you, what is the next? Oh, we, and we mentioned Guillermo del Toro already. We did. We did. What do you think Guillermo del Toro would like about this? Everything. Uh, Stone Baby, anyone? Uh, Everything. Do you think that Guillermo del Toro has some sort of fascination in preserved babies? Hmm. Uh, one was the main character in Nightmare Alley. So yeah. Uh, no, I think this. I think this could have some pretty. Have you pretty seen the Mandrake root from Fans Labyrinth? Right. Yeah, pretty, pretty solid uh, take on it. So uh, that's that's within the walls of Tyre. Uh, Willow, what is the next story in the the stories in the ecstasy? You're of gonna influence. be not the ecstasy of influence. The uh, the, the dark descent. The dark descent. I almost called it the ecstasy of influence earlier as well. You're gonna be really proud of me because I don't have my book in front of me and I know what the story is anyways. <gasps> what is it? It's rats in the wall. H.P. Lovecraft. H.P. Lovecraft. Well, we've gone a little like it's a little whiplash from a from a an author with nothing nothing bad to say about him to an author who we've said a lot of bad things about. Yeah. Already. So uh, I'm happy though. I really the Rats in the Walls is a nutso story. Uh, I've read it. Yeah, and con- and continuing our theme of walls. <laughs> there are a lot of walls. I guess walls are a pretty common like trope in psychological horror. And just psychological genres in general. Uh, yes, this one is this wall. Yeah, we so we just done Walls of Tyre, and we're doing Rats in the Walls, and I believe uh, coming up uh, in a couple of stories. Yes, uh, not the next story after that, but then we're gonna jump one story into uh, the Yellow Wallpaper. Uh-huh. So we've got we've got a, a little. We did follow the House of Usher as well, which is kind of all about balls. Kind of all about balls, and then a little later on, uh, Macintosh Willie, which kind of sounds like Wally, which kind of has wall in it. So wow, it's a bit then, of a reach with that one. And then the Willows near the end of this whole thing, which doesn't have wall, but is it has your name in it. it has my name in it. I wonder no. how bad that story is going to be then. Uh, so I love the Willows. It's one of my favorite short stories. Um. Within the Walls of Tyre, The Rats in the Walls. I really wish Yellow Wallpaper was the next one after that because uh, it would be a nice... Well, we'll talk about it. But the theme of walls. Think about it. We all have walls that we put up, just like Pink Floyd's The Wall. Just like Pink Floyd's The Wall. Look, it all comes full circle. (laughs) Uh, uh, But yeah, so uh, join us next time. We'll be reading uh, The Rats in the Walls, a novelette this thing thinks that all of these are novelettes walls of tire with a novelette of, but the definition of novelette they kind of all are novelettes within the walls of tire wasn't that long no uh, i still think that's a short story but yeah. rats in the walls a novelette so join us then well we'll be talking about some rats maybe but definitely some walls uh you know on... what definitely is a novelette the, no- the yellow wallpaper. <laughs> it is definitely a novelette. Yeah, uh, uh, I have a copy of it behind me. It's the 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 intersection of feminist your feminist theory class and your weird fiction class. <laughs> I wish there was a weird fiction class in my school. I took a science fiction class in high school. I took uh, a gothic literature class. So that's pretty cool. Right. Um, and we'll talk all about it l- later on. 
Yeah. Uh, when we come back to the Dark Descent, then, and until then, um, to that, I'm how to get Twitter at Del Toro Time, uh, Facebook at It's Del Toro Time, or give us give us a hang, give us a, a call. Until then, <laughs> uh, and see you next time. I'm Willow, and I'm Phil, and we'll, and see, we'll you see you when, when it's, it's Del, Del Toro, Toro time. time. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Bye. Bye.